Over this past year, I have felt more uncertainty, fear, and feeling out of control on a sustained basis than ever before. I had only had one year under my belt as your pastor of care and connection before the global pandemic came upon us. I had many honest and vulnerable prayers crying out to God for help, strength, and wisdom and his protection over our flock and those we love. Our scripture reading for today ended on the topic of gladness, and that seems to be in great contrast to the year we just lived through. I think we could all agree that we could use an extra dose of happiness, or an, which could be another word for gladness. Our Amazon searches show that in books, there are over 60,000 results for happiness and over 8,000 for the word gladness. Clearly, there is a deep desire in all of us to be happy and glad. That true longing was also the case for the Hebrews that received today's scripture. Our text today ends with gladness, but it begins with this person, Jesus, in whom we find our gladness. The author of the book of Hebrews is unknown, although some scholars attribute it to Paul. What we do know is that it was written to Jewish Christians living in Jerusalem. And this book begins with one of the greatest descriptions of the greatness and power of Jesus. Let's look together at verses one through three. Long ago and many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Jesus is greater than the prophets and the angels. He stands above and is superior to all things. He is divine and shows God's glory. He's a creator, heir of all things and savior. These are some of the most powerful descriptions of Jesus in the New Testament. And I love what the author of Hebrews says here about Jesus being the radiance of the glory of God. Can you picture that? Jesus is the shining out, the brightness and presence of God. He reflects God to us. Imagine what it must have been like to be close to Jesus and experience this radiance coming from him. Do you ever wonder what God is like? Well, we're told in this verse that if we look to Jesus, everything we want to know about him is in it. Not only does Jesus radiate God's glory, but Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature. An imprint is an instrument for engraving, and the mark is stamped on that instrument, but it's also the impression itself which gets left imprinted from that impression. So when we see Jesus, we see what God's real being is. The Jewish Christians that were receiving this letter were new believers, and it was a challenge for them to maintain their faith because others were trying to persuade them to return to the faith of their youth. Because of these clashes with the culture around them, 
These new Christians felt great pressure to surrender their new belief and return to their old ways. Do you ever feel this way too? Sometimes we hear whispers from the enemy, like Jesus really isn't who he said he was. Choose the wide path, not the narrow one. This little sin won't hurt anyone. No one will know. You don't need to pray today or connect with fellow believers. Well, these early Christians needed to understand how important Jesus is. And the author spells it out. Jesus is divine and all-powerful. That verse 3 also said, Jesus upholds the universe by the power of his word. He holds everything together, and he's sustaining the universe by what he says. His words have power, they are active and dynamic. And this section gives us an appreciation for who Jesus is. The author of Hebrews is telling those new believers and us today, we have not lost something as we follow and believe in him. Rather, we have gained Jesus, which is life. He reigns supreme. And not only do we see who Jesus is, but what he's done. In verse 3 and 4, we pick up on this in our story. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And what this points to is his ultimate work to provide purification for our sins. I grew up in a church where I found faith in God, but one key topic was rarely discussed, and that was sin. In my confirmation classes, I loved hearing stories about Jesus healing, teaching, and blessing, but I didn't understand why God would have his son go to the cross and die such a violent and unjust death for me. Without a deeper understanding of sin alongside the power and goodness of God, that cross made no sense. In my mind, I wasn't that bad a sinner. I had good days when I didn't really disobey my parents, harass my siblings, or cheat at school. I thought I was a pretty good person. But those things were surface stuff. I didn't even give God credit for helping me make right choices. And it really wasn't until my college Bible study that I learned more about my need for Jesus. Uh, our sin and others is why there is pain and sorrow and why we go through struggles and challenges. My deeper sins included my inability to trust that God was actually there for me, that he loved me with a purpose especially in difficult times where I might feel lost, left out, or afraid. It was also an inability to surrender my will to his will. He called me to love not only the people that were kind to me, but those who looked down on me or made me feel less than. My heart was inclined to not wait on God to meet my needs, but instead in my own strength to decide what's best for me and to take it. Those real sins that I wrestled with were under the surface. And for me as a teenage girl, believing I was worth loving was at the core of my disbelief. As I began to see my sin for what it was, 
I was aware I needed a savior to redeem and transform my heart and it would take a cross to do so. Now, Jesus took care of all of this for all of us. He came to deal with the problem of human sin. The priest offers a sacrifice to atone for or take care of sin. And this is what Jesus, our high priest, has done. But unlike previous ritual sacrifices, Jesus completely removes once and for all our sin, the sin stain, which is fully cleansed at Calvary. Sin deceives us and leads us to destruction. Only Jesus could remove it. He also comforts, restores, and brings us out of death to new life. And as the scripture said, after his sacrificial act, he sat at the right hand, now at rest in the place of honor beside God. We don't only have forgiveness through the work of Jesus, but we have much more. As we get to know who Jesus is, we experience true joy and abundant life. Let's look together at verse 9. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. The author of Hebrews is quoting from a psalm, which is a love song about joy and gladness. Notice the phrase, God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Jesus had more joy than anyone had. God set him apart, anointed him for true joy, happiness, and delight. He loved what God loved and the ways of God. He hated what caused death, brokenness, and sin. Jesus modeled a life of full surrender to his heavenly Father. A fully surrendered life is the most joyful anyone can have. As we surrender to him, we are freed from ourselves. Often when we come to him, we think we're losing control, but it is in fact that we are gaining true life by keeping God at the center. This oil of gladness describes the holy anointing oil. It was a mix of four spices with a wonderful fragrance, and it was poured out as a way of being consecrated or set apart for a sacred task. As Hebrews goes on to describe, Jesus is both our high priest and the Passover lamb sacrificed for us. His calling came with sacrifice, but it is not the oil of suffering we read here. It is the oil of gladness that he was given beyond his trusted friends. Other words for gladness in the Bible are joy and delight. Jesus knew life to the full and was able to experience true joy life, and God's good pleasure, even as he went to the cross for us. He invites us to that fullness as well. This oil was poured out on people's heads in gatherings and at times of celebration. We can imagine a party scene. People are gathered together sharing God's joy. God wants you to feel gladness, to celebrate with others as you receive his calling on your life just as he did with Jesus. And we know this to be true because of Christ's mission. Pastor David quoted John 10, 10 last week. Listen to Jesus reminding us about his purpose. I have come that they might have life and have it in abundance. 
Other versions say, life to the full. Or Eugene Peterson says, real and eternal life, better and more life than they ever dreamt of. Let me share that again with you. Real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamt of. God came so we could experience true joy and happiness as we all say yes to a life of community and calling. Now, there was a time in my life that I experienced the oil of gladness in a very difficult season. As many of you know, Mark and I have been happily married for almost 12 years. However, years before we met, I went through a painful divorce. My former spouse and I worked together, so I was dealing with heartache and grief not only in my marriage, but also in my workplace. It was the hardest time in my life. As a professor, minister, and therapist, I couldn't believe my marriage was ending. How could this happen to me? It was both humbling and humiliating. And yet in the midst of my anguish and tears, there was another thread in my story. For half a year, my parents flew out to Seattle monthly. And I recall many meals with my parents and my just two-year-old, Elise, where we would laugh till we cried. God gave us the gift of seeing humor in our circumstances. That was true also with dear family members, friends, and clergy that surrounded and supported me and Elise. I had never laughed harder or cried harder. God anointed us with the oil of gladness and met us in that place. Simple joys surprised us, and God gave us eyes to see them and hearts to receive them. Despite what you've been going through this past year and may still be facing today, God wants to give you true joy, fullness of life in Jesus. He gives you gladness even as you grieve, when you're in pain or when you're facing the unknown. Jesus' great love took him to the cross that we might know his greatness and receive his gladness. Amen.